0: Artificial intelligence and machine learning are already changing the world around us. Thanks to technological leaps forward, AI and ML have pushed themselves to the very top of the C-suite agenda in the last couple of years. I'm Patrick Evenden and on this episode of the Workday Podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Javier Delgado, Chief Operating Officer at Business Network Builders, which is both a Workday partner and a customer we're going to be talking about the opportunities that ai affords businesses today what the future of work could look like and how technology is changing the roles of the cfo and the chro so javier thank you so much um for um agreeing to, to speak to us on the workday podcast um i guess artificial intelligence and and generative um ai you know it's been in the headlines a lot recently it's not a day goes by it seems where you don't open a newspaper or open a, a web browser um, and there's some new story about, you know, how artificial intelligence is going to impact healthcare or how it's going to impact education. What 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 sort of impact do you think it could have um, when it comes to the, the world of work?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, I think generative AI in general is already uh, revolutionizing the, the world of work. Um, if I had to think of... Let's say the main areas, I would we'll probably choose uh, three three main areas, so three key ways in which uh, generative AI or machine learning are revolutionizing the world of work. So the first one is probably the most obvious one, which is automation, right? Mm-hmm. Automation, we have seen uh, chat GPT and other solutions, uh, automate tasks that we couldn't do before. And that introduces a lot of new possibilities, a lot of concerns to that, where we can cut down jobs uh, on on some areas. But in reality, we are basically helping people to become more efficient and to allow employees to focus on more strategic tasks. Mm-hmm. So that would be probably the first area and the most obvious one. And um, the second and that, one, and, that, and I guess yeah. as well,
0: that's that's not necessarily anything new. You know, organisations have been looking at, at how at automation and and ways to to simplify tasks and processes for for a long time now.
1: That that's correct. That's correct. I guess the, the new the new factor here is the type of task we are automating, like writing an article that uh, summarising information. It was something that we were not able to do before um, in any of the previous waves, right, of uh, technology uh, technology uh, changes. So that so that I think is the, the the new part. So we need to think creative of how to use this automation because it's not the kind of automation we were used to. Okay. Yeah. But in any case, that is the first one. The second one, I, I would say, is around data analysis. Uh, one of the most interesting things about generative AI is that it has helped to summarize and analyze large volume of unstructured data, uh, typically text data. Mm-hmm. So in a way, in the organizations and in the world of work today, we will have a lot of data that previously we couldn't use, and now we Generative AIs, we can structure in a way. and uh, We can take decisions on, based on, on the, that information. So the impact on data analysis, the impact on, on insights, I think is also a significant one.
0: So presumably as well, that opens a lot of possibilities for, for organizations. I mean, obviously, a, a large business, a large organization generates um, a lot of data itself, has a lot of data at its disposal. But up until now, maybe some of that, that data has sat outside of what can be analyzed and what can be used to inform business decision.
1: That's correct, totally correct. I mean, today we have, we will have much more data available. So you can summarize employee reviews, you can summarize uh, a CV uh, from a candidate, you can summarize a contract, and you can get all that, all of that data in, into your your dashboards, uh, into a more categorical information and. You can help your decisions. So it's, I think it's a, it's a major area of contribution of generative AI. Too. And, and I'd probably say the third one, and that's uh, one of my personal favorites, is the innovation. Okay, because in a way I can think of uh, ChatGPT. Let's let's pick ChatGPT as an example. But you can think of ChatGPT as a, your personal brainstormer, right? You can. It's mm-hmm. true sure that. Generative AI doesn't generate anything on its own, but you basically provide a prompt. They they respond with a developing they're developing some contents based on that prompt. And actually, I I feel that based on those contents, it actually acts as a prompt to us to continue exploring different options. So, in any problem we may face, we can ask generative AI, what is their view? And we can feedback from that those ideas to continue elaborating. So I think it, it is really interesting what, what the contribution could be in terms of innovation for organizations.
0: What are some of the um, specific use cases that you can see for um artificial intelligence and generative AI when it comes to say the the HR um, and the
1: finance function. Yeah, but so I mean HR and finance functions in terms of being become being part of the organizations are already benefiting from what we mentioned about the data analysis or the help on decision making. I think that is across the board and of course they also benefit from that. But there are also some specific areas where I we think uh, HR uh, and finance could could benefit. Uh, we have been exploring actually at BNB quite uh, quite a large in the last year and a half uh, how we can apply machine learning in general to HR in particular. ChatGPT, uh, we have we are already implementing some changes internally and also at some customers, so there is, and there is much more that can be done. So one of the areas I think it's uh, is, it, it will bring a major change is the recruiting part, the recruitment uh-huh. process. Uh, generative AI can be used, and we are actually using it in many cases, to screen CVs, to um, generate job description. That is fairly simple. But we're also working on some prototypes of interview assistance. So basically, listen and interview. Uh, generative AI is capable of suggesting the interview in, interviewer with new questions um, for the candidate. So I think it really can help to, uh, uh, let's say, um, to automate and streamline the recruitment process. So that that would be, let's say, would say the first one. And the second area on HR would be employee experience. Um, not only because generative AI can probably put forward information to to the employee in a much friendlier way, in a let's say na- narrated way. You can narrate insights. You don't need to show numbers only. But also because it really provides uh, options to uh, let's say remove, let's say, the hassle from uh, some some activities that the employees needed to do before, like for example, writing uh, performance reviews uh, as a manager. uh, Why do you need to write a performance review if Generative AI can propose you a performance review based on the feedback collected by the the employee during the, the semester? And we are actually doing this. I mean, for the first time in this and now in July, we are running the media review and we have collected all the feedback that received by employees, pro, uh, proposing uh, the manager with a performance review. And I can tell the managers are really happy about that because they don't need to write uh, a performance review from scratch and the quality of the performance review is improving quite a lot. So I think that, that helps also improving the employee experience.
0: It would be fantastic if we could get to a place where um... Where um, generative AI could write performance reviews on behalf of the employee as well. It's, it's something that I've always, <laughs> I've always been terrible at. I, I hate having to sit down and write about, uh, um, write about my own performance and things that I, I think I might have done well or more likely things I think I've done badly.
1: Yeah, that, that's correct. I mean. I- in a way, I mean, in a way it probably could be done. I mean, uh, we prioritized the managers in this case because, well, we wanted the employees to have a more naive approach to the employee review and just highlight, uh, highlight the, the points that they believe it was more important at the point at the moment, okay? But I think, yes, I mean, I think it could be, it could be great if we could also deploy it for employees and then it will be a much, much, uh, much more important, uh, much more significant uh, impact in the
0: organisation. Definitely, and, and going back to what you said as well in the first point, in terms about, in terms of uh, you know helping with the interview process and helping to screen candidates and things like that. Do you think? Do you think we maybe we're not too far away from, say, for example, um, AI performing maybe like first round interviews, people being um, interviewed by um, chatbots and things like that as a, as a first step in the in the interview
1: process. I mean, I think it technologically can be done. I, I, it's not something I, I like uh, personally. I, I think we need to keep the human touch. Um, mm. That's the way we have been oriented our services. We always are talking about assistant. system. We are not talking about interviewing automatically or doing the performance review automatically. I think the, the human touch is very, very important here, and we need to keep it. Of course, I mean, in some industries, so like let's say retail, where you have we are conducting continuous recruiting of um, of uh, salespeople or people working at your stores, you may benefit from a first interview being conducted this way. Um, but we personally work in the professional services uh, industry, and yeah, I guess still for us, the human touch is something that we still need.
0: <laughs> Definitely, and, and people value that, don't they? Certainly, if if that's your first impression of a of an organization um, interacting with a with a chatbot, it may not um, it may not necessarily be a great first impression. That's um, correct. That's correct. And, and how about the how about um, some of the use cases for for the finance function?
1: So for finance function, I think, uh, I mean, on top of what I mentioned before, the data insights or data analysis, I think it also can be very helpful in managing risks. Um, Generative AI can summarize uh, contracts or can basically identify uh, conditions in uh, in written documents that could pose risks to, to the organization. So, I think it could be really useful in identifying this risk and also proposing mitigations or contingency plans. And the other area, and I think this is uh, common to finance and and HR, is um, when we're talking about the data analysis, it's also providing the the actions of what we can do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Once you have the insight, generative AI can also provide okay, you have this insight, you have this number. What can you do with that? And it can really provide you, in many cases, can provide you sound activities, uh, sound actions to to the managers. So for finance, I think the managing the risk is interesting and providing also more transparent or more easy to understand insights to the rest of the organization, also contributes to, uh, let's say, enlarge the impact that the office of the CFO can have in the rest of the organization.
0: I guess as well, it it shortens that that process, doesn't it? And certainly, when it comes to the to the finance function, you know, you, you typically a a a CFO or someone working in the CFO's team will um will have to compile a report, will have to reconcile that report, will then have to look to see what insights can be taken from that before they can propose a a specific course of action. I guess with AI, that, that that happens much, much more quickly. Like you say, the, the ability to analyze vast amounts of data um, to, to spot discrepancies in that data, to, to turn that data into actionable insight that you can then take action on that, that goes from being quite a lengthy process to something that can,
1: that can happen relatively quickly. That's correct. That's correct. And even if you have a, like a pure uh, financial KPIs that were an organization may not be performing very well. It's surprising how generative AI sometimes suggests you alternatives to improve those APIs. So uh, even though that requires still a, a little bit of more of the organization knowledge, I mean, you need to know much more about the organization to provide sound uh, actions. It really does a pretty good job on basically providing course of actions to improve certain KPIs. So I think it there is it is more of a call, I mean a, a call to action a type of reports that we will see in the future due to generative AI. And this is particularly interesting for the for the office of the CFO.
0: Excellent. And and I guess if you were to look 10 years into the future, um, how do you think the roles of the the CFO and the the CHRO um, will have changed as a result of of artificial intelligence?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I would say, uh, basically, in common, there will need to be uh, more, let's say, strategic, data-driven, mm-hmm. and collaborative, okay? Um, I do see that due to the automation of certain activities, certain tasks they do today, and they probably will continue over time, their value, their value will be more on the sitting the strategic view on the future. Okay, mm-hmm. but in order to do this, I mean, I, I think there are also some some changes needed in the in the roles on so the, the approach. We have uh, CFOs and CHO, CHRO performing the, the roles, and I think probably the most important three three points will be that. They need to become more visionary. So they need to start looking ahead, uh, uh, let's say in a longer l- length of time. They also need to become uh, more tech savvy uh, because you need to understand technology right now to understand or to have a vision that plays well in the future. Okay, mm-hmm. And also when and then this probably applies to any sea level. We need to become more agile. Okay, uh, Changes are not only there to stay, but are actually accelerating. So it's not only about having the, the vision, it's also being, being able to actually deliver that patient and to be, be agile, to adapt to the changes we we, we encounter along the way.
0: I think to, to that point about vision I, I had a conversation um, at um, Workday Elevate earlier this year with um, with a gentleman from from Deloitte and he was talking about the fact that you know <clears throat> the real value of, of artificial intelligence um, is not thinking about your how work is organized currently and, and looking at where you can sort of insert artificial intelligence into that process but more thinking about how you can completely redesign the way that we work um using um what artificial intelligence makes possible possible now. So it's like you say, that that visionary piece and being able to think outside of current processes and, and the way things are currently done and see spot new possibilities. Um, I guess that's going to become crucial to to like you say to anyone in the C suite.
1: Yeah, definitely definitely and particularly in some industries um I we are the professional service industry I think uh generative AI will have and is having a major impact and we need to to rethink completely the way we are approaching our our business okay mm-hmm. and we need to do it quick <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, yeah and and
0: yeah it's it's like, like we said at the, at the beginning, it's, it seems to be um, accelerating at a huge pace. And when you hear people sort of thought leaders talking about artificial intelligence, they're not talking in terms of 10 years, 20 years time. They're talking about, you know, uh, in three years time, um, yeah, possibly even in the next 12 months. That's the, that's the, the speed of change that, um, that seems to be the,
1: the reference point. That's correct. I mean, I, I do, I do see, uh, uh, yeah, three years top, but I do see major changes happening in many industries in in, in three years time. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Let, let's talk a, a moment about about your your role um, at at business network builders. I mean, typically when when we do these things, we at the beginning of the, the podcast we ask people to introduce themselves and talk about their role. I guess at this stage, let's let's have a little. Um, overview of of some of the things that you're involved in as as chief operating officer um, at business network builders and what parts of 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 that job would you would you be quite happy to to hand over to to ai
1: yeah sure i mean basically uh, my my role at at BNB is uh, well around operations which as a professional service organization is managing uh the, the consulting operations and managing um the entire, our entire business globally. And I do see that uh, uh, Generative AI will have a major impact, as I mentioned before, on professional services organization. We are already using it uh, quite significantly, not only, um, let's say, the usual chat GPT, but also mid-journey for image generation. And we use it in a, in a different number of, of ways. I mean, I mentioned before uh, I use it as my personal brainstormer. Okay, mm-hmm. so we generate new ideas, new even new services. I mean, we have developed at least three services this year with some involvement of generative AI in the let's say in the conception process. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, posing the questions, uh, customers have these kind of issues, how can we help, and then elaborating basically on a dialogue with Generative AI, of course, with some more human involvement, of course, but really, really, really helpful on the creation of new solutions.
0: And of course, as well, as well as being a Workday partner, you are a Workday customer. So uh, for a, a, a number of years now, you will have been benefiting from um, the artificial intelligence and, and machine learning that's that's built into the Workday platform, certainly when it comes to um, HCM and um, and finance and things like that.
1: Yeah, that, that's correct. I mean, we already have um, a lot of the, that, that value added in, into our Workday platform. Uh, we recently also incorporated prism analytics, which also brings us gives us the opportunity to bring external data, and actually with our machine learning algorithms, bring even more insights to to the operation. So, uh, yeah, I think Word has been really helpful, uh, particularly in, in the let's say in the ingestion and the addition of new data to to the platform, and that actually enables you to take advantage
0: of more machine learning algorithms i guess on that point i mean it's widely accepted that artificial intelligence and machine learning are only as as strong as the the data that they have access to how should um how should organizations be thinking about data uh, in order to expand the, the the reach and the impact that that artificial intelligence and machine learning can have
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, machine learning works much better on available data. Uh, I'm saying much better to not say only works with available data, because in some cases like uh, generative AI could work very well with uh, external data that is not owned by the organization. But in general, I mean, whether you have a prediction uh, algorithm or anomaly detection algorithm, typically you need uh, good data. Okay. And Now, I think the the key point here is the agility. Okay, it's the agility, sure. and it is not easy to be agile while in acquiring data, while organizing data. First of all, because um, we need to ensure the data is a, it has its right quality. We also need to to ensure that it's well structured, at least uh, before generative AI. Uh, that was a key. A key point, but I think it's, it's still valid. A valid point. The structure of the the data, mm-hmm. and then and very important, we need to ensure that the data is uh, safely stored. So we have a security schema that supports uh, the acquisition of data, the management of data, and that is where the, area, the that is where um, becomes more complicated because okay. securing the data, if you don't have in the same model, all the organizations uh, or all or your organization or your roles in the organization, becomes really a uh, time-taking effort. So for in our case in particular, uh, we have seen the Prism Analytics from Word is helping a lot in accelerating and, and making this approach much more agile. Yeah? Because right now, It's just about identifying the source of data. Yes, we need to provide a structure, but the security part is pretty much, uh, I wouldn't say a no brainer, but it's very fast. Uh, So that allows us to incorporate data very, very simply into uh, our platform. And once we have it in the platform, then you can use it with machine learning to provide insights to the rest of the organization.
0: So that requires, that process requires less resource than than it would have done previously.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, l- less resources by data ingested. So the thing is, we will have much more data ingested because we are getting more and more digital uh, every time, every company, not only us. Uh, so the number of data or the volume of data we are currently managing, we couldn't even dream of it five years ago. Oh wow. But the, the effort, <laughs> the effort it requires to manage the data is also has gone. Down significantly. So for us, I mean, um, for me at least, uh, having a cloud platform where you can store the data is key. I don't need to worry about how much storage I have. I, I just want to have the data because I know that we will be able to to grab insights from this.
0: Okay. And to the to your point earlier as well, you don't need to worry about about data security. You know that inside that that platform, um, that's that's all taken care of.
1: That's correct. I mean, you still probably, if you bring new data, you still need to apply the security schema to it. Mm-hmm. But if you already have all your your organization model in your platform, it becomes much simpler. It's just um, it's just a configuration. And sometimes it's just a matter of minutes to secure data and to make it available to to the to to the organization, to the employees or even to customers in some cases, with this in a secure approach.
0: That is incredibly fast. What, what are some of the practical ways <clears throat> do you think that organizations can improve um, and, and accelerate their decision-making? I mean, obviously, we're talking about the speed at which you can ingest data there. What are some of the other um, mm-hmm. practical ways that, that they can accelerate that?
1: Yes, I mean, we we talked, we talked about uh, data quality before. Uh, it is important to have a good data quality in order to to have good decision-making. And I think one of the best ways to have good data quality is to have as democratic access to the data as possible. Of course, ensuring security. But to me, uh, the democratic access to the data can only be achieved if we bring the data to the operational systems, to the transactional systems. The approach where all the reports or all the significant reports were obtained from a bi tool that was refreshed once a day in the best of the cases and only accessible by executives or directors i think i think that that provides uh, that doesn't provide enough contrast to the data to ensure the data quality so I think bringing the data back to the operational system, to the transactional system, to so the HR system, financial system, or CRM system is is key to ensure that data quality. So when
0: you I, say democratic access, you, you, you're not talking about for you're you're not talking about say for example having almost like um, data that is owned by you know particular individuals in the organization or particular departments. You know that's that's that data is instead. Um, <clears throat> Within within a secure model is is open and accessible to all, all parts of the business to which that data is is relevant.
1: Correct, correct. I mean, uh, the the thing is, it needs to be in a platform that everyone accesses, not a not a dashboard that is only accessible for for executive. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that that's the more people is able to see the data, the better the data is going to be, because you are going to get uh, any correction. You are going to have more people telling you that the data is not correct. So, that, that's basically the approach. And I think once you have the data, good data quality, once you have a good volume of data, I would probably keep also an eye on machine learning algorithms because it really becomes uh, important what the evolution, the evolution of machine learning is so significant that uh, there are algorithms coming up uh, every year that can help you on specific use cases. So you can take advantage of that data and provide insights that you probably were never thinking of. Like generative AI, for example, is a good example. Two years ago, we could ne- have never thought of writing a you know, performance review out of the out of the blue, and today it is a possible possibility. And this is possibility because we have data, because we have Anytime feedback provided by other employees. If we didn't have the feedback, this wouldn't have been possible anyway. Okay, mm-hmm. so we need the data. We need good data quality, and we also need to keep an eye on the technology improvements to actually work on that data to provide more insights for decision making. Okay, brilliant. Now, <clears throat> obviously, we've talked about, or we've spoken
0: about the amounts of data available. To us now, how can HR and finance teams find sort of those golden insights—the ones that you know can really make a difference to their organisations amidst all of that, um, all of that data?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think one of the one of the key areas is being able to ingest data rapidly. Where we talk about the agility, okay. Uh, and for the agility, for, for me, keeping a secure data model is key. Okay, mm-hmm. I think one of the one of the when we discussed before about the role that the C H R O or or the C F O should have in the organization, we mentioned that the, we expect the role to become more and more collaborative. So, um, I think one of the key areas we will see in HR and finance is that we will need to combine the data we have in HR and finance together with the rest of the operations. Okay. And that will allow us to take much more informed decisions. Not only because it's it is uh, it's a, a more complete view on how the organization is doing, but because we are getting closer to the business. So the moment we have operations uh, uh, operational data inside uh, our uh, HR platform or our financial platform we are able to take decisions that go just beyond what we see in an HR platform just uh, typically so I think that that is the that is the key the key point I will be looking at try to see how we can uh, bring in operational data into uh, our HR and financial solutions
0: Excellent. I mentioned before, uh, before we uh, started recording that I had a number of quotes, prominent people across you know, business and, and, um, and science and, and technology uh, related to, to artificial intelligence. And so I wanted to just spend some time just talking through those quotes and, and getting your perspective on, on those, whether that's something that you agree, disagree with um so let's start off with this uh, this quote I won't tell you who they're they're necessarily by um okay <laughs> a little bit a little bit later but um so this quote artificial intelligence deep learning machine learning whatever you're doing if you don't understand it learn it because otherwise you're going to be a dinosaur within three years is that something you agree with it, certainly in terms of the the time frame um is it, do you think uh, organizations have three years to? um to, to to get their ship in order.
1: I I think it's partially true. So I probably uh I will probably not necessarily understand how they work, but I understand how to use them. Okay. That's the only because they are fairly complex areas. <laughs> uh, so it's not so simple to understand in the next three years. But at least we I see I do believe that we need to understand how to use it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And organizations organizations should be uh, should be making a start as soon as possible i guess
1: yes yeah. i mean uh to today uh, i would probably expect every organization to to have uh, a strategy on how to start applying uh, a minimum uh generative AI in their day-to-day activities yeah excellent and that quote
0: that quote i was telling you now that was from mark cuban um who is okay. an entre- <laughs> entrepreneur and investor yeah, yeah. Uh, so next quote a little bit more controversial this one so the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race <laughs> a, a slightly more depressing thought uh, something that you agree with disagree with
1: i hope i disagree <laughs> let's put it this way no yeah essentially i disagree i i mean it it is a possibility. I, I honestly don't have uh, the way to to predict it, but I think uh, we still uh, humans. We still have uh, elements that machine learning don't necessarily have. Which I was listening to a uh, philosopher in, in the CDU the other day talking about this, and he was mentioning that uh, we have the ability to experiment with our hands. We have a we we live in the physical world. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gives us uh, a way to learn that machine learning for the moment without robotics (laughs) don't have. Okay, Um, so I'm still positive that it doesn't mean the end of the the human race. I do believe that uh, policy should should be put in place to ensure that nobody's left out uh, because there is certainly a risk that there could be a shift in the employment market. Uh, what well, We need to ensure that we are humans after all, and that's the first priority. Okay. Definitely. Uh,
0: Definitely. I think we can all agree with that, uh, Javier. Uh, so uh, next one. Um, oh, I didn't tell you who that was by. Sorry. That, um, that quote was from Stephen Hawking, um, the theoretical physicist. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, so the next one, um, artificial intelligence is going to change the world more than anything in the history of mankind, more than electricity. Do you think it has that sort of potential? Have
1: you? Yes, I, I do think so. I think it, it does. Uh, it does have a, the, the potential of changing very significantly everything we 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 are doing it. We right, are right, doing right now and how we do it.
0: It does certainly. It certainly feels as a as a. Uh, I, I say as a bystander. I mean, I work for a technology company, so I'm not sure how much of a bystander I definitely I <laughs> am. But it certainly does feel like at the moment we are on the
1: the cusp of quite a significant leap forward. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I I really think there is there's going to be an an acceleration in, in the change. Uh, this produces. I mean, if you look at the internet in you know, the in the 2000s, or so the end of the 90s. It wasn't just about the internet, it's about the innovation it triggered because you have more information accessible and that continued to trigger change. So generative AI for me, or machine learning in general, it's not only about well, what they can do, but it's actually how they can help us to continue innovating. So that will accelerate the, the pace, okay? So I do think that it's going to be a major transformation in, in our society, in the way we work, in the way we uh, we relation with each other. So, yes, I think it's, it's a major Excellent. And one more
0: now. So, again, a little bit more of a skew to the controversial. Um, so artificial intelligence is like teenage sex. Everyone talks about it. Nobody really knows how to do it. <laughs> everyone, everyone thinks everyone else is doing it, so everyone claims they are doing it. Um, is yeah. that uh, is that something you agree with? Oh, it, I, I guess it boils down to to what extent is artificial intelligence over overhyped at the moment, and are as many organisations as far forward with uh, artificial intelligence as they claim to be?
1: Um, I I. I tended to agree with this probably two years ago because really we have seen, we were working with many organizations and sometimes the implementation of artificial intelligence was not so advanced in many of them. Uh, but right now I do see uh, that generative AI is pretty simple to use. I mean, so I don't think there's uh, so much of a question of, uh, implementing or using this in organizations. I'm pretty sure every organization is using it. If not the organization, the employees by themselves. Okay. Uh, there had been attempts in some European countries to restrict the access to generative AI, which have, were overruled in two or three days. Mm-hmm. And I think that demonstrated that it's a generic, I mean, it's uh, something that the society is starting to use. Uh, So, organizations will follow. Whether it goes beyond um, generative AI, I I would probably agree more with the the quote. But overall, I would say, I I would disagree. I am seeing a a good adoption of machine learning and quite an acceleration in the last year, at least. Excellent.
0: Excellent. that, That quote was from the computer scientist Um, Danny Hillis and I should say as well because I didn't say this previously that the previous quote about artificial intelligence changing the world more than anything in the history of mankind that quote was from Kai-Fu Lee um, an AI expert um, and venture capitalist Javier it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today I'm I'm afraid that's all we have time for but if you enjoyed the show uh, you can subscribe at Spotify Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and you can also read more on the Workday blog Thank you and have a great workday. day.